Merry Christmas, everyone. I see you there in your pajamas with your coffee and your hot cocoa. Maybe you got a fire going. Thanks for letting us come into your home or wherever you're watching from. Some of you have already opened your gifts, and I hope you got everything you wanted or at least everything you deserved. You know, the holidays are a great time to build memories and to get new experiences with friends and family. I'll never forget a number of years ago, we had relatives over for the holidays, and one little three-year-old boy disappeared for a while in the back of the house. Eventually, he came back with a look of mischief on his face. He sheepishly approached his mother and put his hand over his mouth. She noticed an unusually fresh smell at his mouth, and we all gathered around to see what he had gotten into. Turns out that he had gotten my stick of arm and hammer deodorant out of the closet and was licking on it like a popsicle. Little did he know that two hours earlier, that thing was rolling around under a hairy armpit. I hope your holidays are just as memorable. You know, throughout this Advent season, we've been focusing on angel encounters people had surrounding the arrival of the Son of God. Zechariah and Elizabeth, Mary, Joseph, the shepherds. But the ultimate encounter wasn't with an angel. The greatest part of the Christmas story isn't that it was announced by Gabriel or the heavenly host. The greatest part of the Christmas story is that God himself came to earth. And you know what blows me away? That he did all of this for you, for me, for us. A number of years ago, Joan Osborne had a hit song on the radio whose lyrics asked the question, what if God was one of us? The chorus went like this. What if God was one of us, just a slob like one of us? just a stranger on the bus trying to make his way home. Though I don't care for the casual irreverence of the lyrics, the question is legitimate. What if God was one of us? How would that change things? That question was answered some 2,000 years ago. Something happened on that holy night. Something caused legions of angels to announce his arrival. Something sent shepherds running into the streets like singing birth announcements. But what really happened that night? What changed in heaven and earth that made this birth so different, that made this baby so unique? The gospel writer John tells us, but he doesn't start in a manger 2,000 years ago. His account of the Christmas story is set in heaven in eternity past. He wrote, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. John says, before the universe came into existence, before there were planets and stars and galaxies, there was the Word. The Word is a person. And this person enjoys a unique relationship with God. He is, in fact, the Son of God. Scripture teaches us that God is three in one, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And the Son is the second person of the Trinity, which what makes what John says next so profound. The Word became human and made his home among us. The lyrics that Joan Osborne sang, what if God was one of us, no longer have a what if, That question was settled at the birth of Jesus. 
Theologians call this the incarnation. God took on flesh. The second person of the Trinity, who existed from eternity past in spirit form, clothed himself in embryonic form. The God who filled the entire universe with his presence allowed himself to be contained in the womb of a teenage girl. What does this tell us? That God isn't just up there, but he's willing to come down here. God hasn't left us on our own. The incarnation shows just how far the creator will go for his creation. Now, listen, God's invisible, right? And prior to the incarnation, no one had ever seen God. Oh, Moses saw the afterglow of his glory. The children of Israel saw him as a cloud and a pillar of fire. Isaiah saw a vision of God, but no one saw God in his fullness. When Jesus was born, we saw God for the very first time. John writes, no one has ever seen God, but the one and only Son who is himself God and is in closest relationship with the Father has made him known. The word made him known means to narrate or to tell a story. Jesus told the story of God by living among us. The incarnation showed us what God is like. It was the only way that we could ever hope to relate to God. Joseph Damien, a Belgian priest, was sent in 1873 to minister to lepers in Hawaii. As soon as he arrived in Molokai, he began building relationships with the residents in the leper colony, but they rejected him. He poured himself into this ministry, built a small chapel, started holding worship services, but hardly anyone came. After 12 years, he gave up. While standing on the pier about to board the ship back to Belgium, he looked down at his hands. The white spots meant only one thing. He had contacted leprosy. But instead of going home, he returned to his work at the leper colony. The news of his disease spread throughout the community within hours, and soon the lepers, hundreds of them, had gathered outside his hut. They understood his pain and despair. The following Sunday, when Damien arrived at the chapel, the small building was filled to overflowing. Now the lepers knew that he understood their condition. Now they said, you get what it's like to be us. The incarnation proves that God gets what it's like to be us. You might wonder if an infinite, all-powerful God could ever know what it feels like to be betrayed, to go through a breakup, to lose a loved one, to face temptation, to get rejected, to not get the Christmas present you really wanted. Well, maybe not that. You don't have to wonder anymore. That's why God left heaven and came to earth so that he could know what it feels like. The writer of the book of Hebrews put it this way, Jesus isn't out of touch with our reality. He's been through weakness and testing, experienced it all, all but the sin. So let's walk right up to him and get what he so ready wants to give us. Take the mercy, accept the help. Let the Christ of Christmas come out of the manger and into your family, your relationships, your workplace, your school, into your happiest moments, your longings and suffering and pain. What's crazy to me is that when God came to earth in the person of Jesus, most people rejected him. The wonder of the incarnation was lost on them, but it wasn't lost on everyone. John writes, to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. The incarnation invites us to join God's family. For God, Christmas isn't Christmas unless people respond to his arrival. 
The ultimate purpose of Christmas, it's, it's not to gather with friends and family. That's good. It's not to exchange presents. That's fine. It's not to show compassion to the poor. That's wonderful. It's not even to celebrate the birth of Jesus. The baby in the manger leads us to the man who hung on the cross so that the God who came from heaven to earth could take us from earth to heaven. This is the I came for you encounter. Would you pray with me? God, thank you that you came to earth for us. Thank you that we get to encounter you through the person of Jesus Christ, that we get to be adopted by you. So we're not just people that are saved. We're not just people who are your creation. We are actually sons and daughters of God. This is what we celebrate on this day, and we thank you for it. In the name of Jesus, amen.